ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy. I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot. I ain't really got a lot of thoughts, I just pack them in a box. So I popped up on this pod, now I'm outside of the box. When I pop up on the clock, last thing I think is talk. See, I'm winning it now, loving it three and a thou. They peeping my style, keeping it now, steadily growing my Dow Jones. Oh no, these kids be thinking they prowl. Oh no, no, immediately throwing the towel. See, when it's different, it's different. Go position by position. Ain't no issue commission. As a commission, I just listen. They envision my vision and my division. I'm stealing. Cause I'll be willing and dealing. Find me the trade. Cause I'm a fiend. I'm a junkie, ayy. And I'm a junkie, ayy. Ain't no denying my supply. I'm a junkie, ayy. See, I'm a junkie, ayy. And I'm a junkie, ayy. Be getting high off my supply. I'm a junkie, ayy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 87 of the Dynasty Junkies podcast, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts podcast network. I am your host, Rocky Petrella at Dynasty FF Addict, and this week I got my man Scott Sidlow here with me. Scott, how you doing? What's up, man? Bears are making moves, baby. Woo! <laughs> they, they Tear it down. <laughs> that concerns defensive players. We don't, we don't worry about that. IDP. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't even know what that is. Sorry. I tried. Yeah, and no, I I'm pretty sure our guest here is not uh, doesn't care too much about defensive players either, so that works. Um Ooh. <laughs> I've heard him say it on the podcast. He's like defensive <laughs> players. What are that? I'm in a single IDP league and I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> and that, and that voice you heard is uh Kane Fassell at Debbie underscore Kane. Um Kane, uh, happy to have you here this week. How you doing tonight? Hey, doing well. Thanks for having me. Do even though I don't know about IDP, I still managed to have a team with Aiden Hutchinson and Kayvon Thibodeau on it. So <laughs> pretty <yeah>. nice. <laughs> yeah, people act like I don't know what I'm doing, but somehow I have two of the best defensive ends that yes. we've seen in a very long time. Even I know those names. <laughs> <laughs> those are like the only two I know. If you get me past that, I have no idea who we're talking about. I, I know the, the the safety Hamilton too, and that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, okay, so we're going to get right into it because uh, we got a lot of stuff we're going to probably cover tonight. Uh, first, we have to get into this uh, crazy news week in the NFL. Everything went uh, so earlier in the week. Uh, we'll start with some of the, the less interesting stuff first and then move up to some of the bigger moves. So the one thing that happened earlier this week was the franchise tags. Uh, Adams was tagged, Devontae Adams, Chris Godwin, and then the three tight ends, Mike Gesicki, uh, Dalton Schultz, and David Njoku. Uh, I guess we'll get into those three tight ends first. I think we could probably all agree that Njoku makes no sense. So let's talk about the other two. <laughs> um, what do you think on these two? Are you, uh, Dalton Schultz is a guy I'm very interested in. I, I, I loved him even before the tag. I, I kind of assumed he was coming back. And now that we know that Cooper's likely gone, uh, Gallup, who knows you know, what he's going to be like, at least to start the year. He was tight end three last year, tight end seven point per game. I mean, I think, the, and he's got, I think he's going under the radar. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on Schultz, Kane, and Gesicki, if you want to chime in on him too? Yeah, so I, I like Schultz a little more than I like Gesicki, which is probably not the normal take that you'll hear. Um, but I want, I want guys that, you know, are going to, be in an offense that where the ball's getting thrown more all right and we we noticed when the other tight end the one that hasn't played that everyone thinks is better than schultz on the cowboys yes. whatever his name is um <laughs> he got hurt again right so 
it's literally just Schultz, right? And if we're getting rid of Amari Cooper, I realize that you can't just give all the targets of one player to the next player. I get that. But you have to believe that a percentage of those are going to go to Schultz, right? They have to go somewhere. And I think Schultz is going to be, if, if he even gets an uptick, let's say 5 10%, we're looking at a borderline top five tight end for he, very, very cheap prices. He could be the number two target on that team, at least to start the year, like with Gallup recovering, if he's even starting the year. So they Gallup. That's true. I mean, he hasn't officially, the rumors are that he will be, and technically Cooper right. hasn't officially left either, but uh, it seems that's the way it's going to go. So, I, 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 the, the fun part, right, is if, let's say that, that Cooper leaves, let's say that Gallup does resign, he's not going to start the season, right, because of the injury. There's a chance like Schultz could be putting up some monster weeks, week one, week two, week three, and you can just ship him out. Yep. Right. Use the True. one or two weeks of really, really good tight end production and ship him out for Dawson Knox plus something. Right. Ship him out for totally. Dallas Goddard plus a little bit. Right. Because people are going to be trying to chase those really big weeks and trying to figure out who's going to be the next big tight end. And if you can do that, that's just going to kind of set you ahead a little bit. And you might as well accrue the value on Schultz before you try to move him. Yeah, and, and like we said, I think no one's really talking about. I mean, he's not going to be one of those. You know, he's never going to, I think, get into that elite range that we all talk about—the the Kelsey and the Pitts and and all that. But if you want to not pay up for those guys, which a lot I know a lot of people like to play the way, I think he's a perfect target. Uh, in terms of the in terms of the other guys, I mean, I nothing. I guess. Adams, you know, is basically the same. Well, I guess we can get into it too. Aaron Rodgers returns, gets and then gets all his thunder stolen from him a couple hours later. Uh, so great, <laughs> yeah. Oh, don't worry. I mean, he, he put out a tweet and said he hadn't officially signed it yet. Yeah, just, so just he'll get, get he'll get his another day in in uh, in the headlines. <laughs> right. Don't worry. Right. Right. Yeah. So, so I think that's kind of status. I don't know. If there's much to 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 pull off fantasy wise from 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 those two coming back. Uh, Godwin's a little interesting to me because who the hell is throwing to him? Are you are you a buyer on Godwin, Scott? Yeah, always. I mean, are you worried about the quarterback situation? No, and here's why: because Bruce Arians is kind of a diva, and he's remember when Arizona was kind of heading towards a retool rebuild, he was like, "I'm out of here. I retire. See ya. I'm not doing that." Mm-hmm. You know, and then and then it's like, oh, come to Tampa Bay and you got, you know, Jameis and then we'll try to get you somebody good like Brady. You know? And hey, how did that work out? I don't think he's sticking around there knowing you also have Byron Leftwich as well. Um, he's either going to bounce if they don't bring somebody in. Like, honestly, I think he'll just retire. I seriously do. And they'll just turn it over to Leftwich. And really nothing will change, to be honest with you. Um, but he's sticking around because they're still in that window. And they're going to try to bring somebody in, you know, don't know who it's going to be, but there's not too many guys left. So uh, they're going to bring in someone, you know, I don't think they're starting Blaine Gabbert. He could have stayed in Arizona and started Blaine Gabbert. You know, why didn't he do that then? It was the same guys. It was him and Leftwich, you know, and then Gabbert was the QB and they all came over to Tampa Bay. So, I mean, if he didn't do that, then why would he do it now? What's the difference? Uh, I don't think Trask is ready as much as they liked him. So they're going to bring somebody in and regardless of who it is, it'll be fine. You know, Evans just always seems to be hurt. He kind of just plays like one. He he like runs four routes now, basically, if that it's maybe three routes because, you know, he's out there on one leg half the time. So Godwin is really the guy. He's the 
you know, he's the chain mover. He's running the crossing routes. He's going to make those plays. And yeah, it was a little bit later in the season, but he's still really young. They tend to come back quickly from ACLs nowadays. So I'm not too worried about it. If this is going to dip his value, cool. Let me buy. Because either they're going to re-sign him and they're going to have a plan at quarterback or he's going to go somewhere else. So whatever. I mean, you can't you can't worry about that situation every time. You're like, wow, he's a great young wide receiver, but you know, where's he going to play? Who's going to throw him the ball? I don't know. I don't care. Just give me give me the value dip. Let me buy him now and we'll see what happens. You know, how, how much lower is his value going to get at this point? Right, you know? right. Yeah, and he's he's the uh, obviously younger than Evans. Also, I think the safer of the two, regardless of quarterback, he's he can be that kind of PPR machine, even with the potentially not great quarterback. I think where Evans Evans lives more off those touchdowns. So uh, having Brady tremendously and even Jameis before that, he would you know fling it up there and all that kind of stuff. Hey, so, it could be Jameis again. That's true. It could. <laughs> it could. I mean, it's possible. It's a non-zero chance. Um, so we'll go from one uh, franchise receiver to one who avoided the franchise tag and Mike Williams. Three years, $60 million for Mike. I think 45 was guaranteed, something like that, uh, which was kind of crazy to me. Uh, but Kane, what are your thoughts on Mike Williams? He got that hot start last year. Then he kind of looked like, uh, I guess, Mike Williams again. <laughs> so, uh, is this uh, does this make you give you any more faith in Williams? Just knowing he's tied to Herbert, or you just he's just like whatever. He's just one of in a sea of receivers, and you're not that interested. I I don't think it makes me feel better. <laughs> right, like it, he's he's fine, right? But. I think we have to have realistic expectations overall, right? We have to realize that he's probably never going to be like this guy that this super elite guy that we wanted him to be coming out of college. Um, but he is serviceable enough. Right. But if, if we're expecting anything out of anything more than like a low end wide receiver two to like mid wide receiver two, like almost exactly like Michael Pittman, then, then you're not going to get much. Um, so I think he's fine. I think he's a fine player, but I don't think he's one that I necessarily want on my teams. Just FYI, Mike Williams and Michael Pittman finished six points apart last year. So <laughs> yeah, that's right on. That's Weird. Right. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Yeah, and I'm 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 with you on Mike Williams. I, I never, but even th- at the start of last year, I wasn't that interested in Mike Williams. Uh. He, he'll have his boom weeks, you know, he's going to score some touchdowns. He'll catch some deep balls, but like you said, he's just, he's just that wide receiver too. That's there's not really the huge upside there. So uh, let's get into to some of the more interesting, and this feels like it happened like a month ago at this point with some of the other stuff that's happened since, but the uh, Calvin Ridley suspension, which I, I guess how happy was the NFL with the, the Russell Wilson trade the next day to totally uh, oh, drown man. that out. Um, that. <laughs> yes. But uh, so suspend, suspended a year at least for for gambling on the NFL. Uh, and it, it's just uh, what are you doing with them? I, I'm kind of of the mind. I just want to get out. He's going to be gone two years. Uh, you know, once he if you know, assuming he comes back after a year. Uh, we were talking about it on trade addicts on Tuesday. I guess it's kind of, it's almost similar to Michael Thomas. He's going to be about a little, a little younger, but around the same age as Michael Thomas. Once he finally plays again too, don't know what kind of offense he's going to be in. Uh, I guess there's a theory that, I mean, that you could hold and obviously his value will 
and theoretically increase the closer he gets to playing, but is it ever going to increase that much? What, what do you, what do you think, Scott? Are you getting out for whatever you can? How, like how low, how low are you willing to, to take to get out? I was already getting out um, and I was down to three shares. And so, you know, it's just, it's unfortunate. I couldn't get rid of those other three before this. Um, yeah, I'd actually gotten out of a lot of mine last year. On yeah. Competing teams trying yeah. to get points. So. Right. So that's kind of where I was at too. And I mean, honestly, he was an older player coming in already. And then his value just kind of skyrocketed because he did what he did. Right. And so I, I'm not going to have a lot of those players unless I drafted them. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's unfortunate. Uh, you know, there's not a lot you could do. I heard a couple trades for him was like a third. Another trade was like two fourths and two fifths. Like, yeah, I, I mean, I'd rather he just rot on my roster for that. I mean, unless it's like a really shallow roster and I needed the spot, but I just don't really play any leagues like that. So I can't think of a, a scenario. Um, you know, he might as well just, he could just rot on my roster, I guess. I'm not going to sell him for that. Um, would I take like a second? I don't know. I mean, there's a bunch of receivers that are okay ish this year. They'll never be Ridley, probably, but like, don't tell me I don't know when you know just about damn well you'd probably take a second <laughs> for him. Yeah, I, 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 I realistically, right? If re, you, okay, if rebuilding, look, probably. Yeah, just look at the value, right? And if you're on a team that are you going to compete this year? Probably not. Are you going to compete right. next year when maybe he gets to come back and he's 28, 29 years old? Yeah, and he's going to be the pivotal piece that's going to push you over the top. Like, realistically, it's probably not going to happen, and your team should have already been formed before the Calvin Ridley news anyways. Um, so getting a second for Ridley is actually a really good deal. I just moved Calvin Ridley and a 2024 Debbie fourth for a 2022 Debbie second and Rocky's favorite receiver, Jalen Rager. <laughs> okay. Wow. Uh, Not that I right. like Jalen Rager, there you go. but yeah, but I would have taken somebody. it just for the pick. Sure. Yeah. I would, I would take a breath of fresh air for Jalen Rager. Yes, to be clear, he is maybe so. my least favorite wide receiver. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, you had to clarify. I, I spammed the league. Uh, everyone who had a 23 second, I threw it out there, did not get one. You know, all rejects. Uh, the best counter offer I got was the 212. I, See, I still I'd rather like have a 22 that. second than a 23 second, to be honest with you. I was just trying to get what I could. <laughs> so, okay. All right. I thought maybe I'd get right. more luck uh, getting a year out. I did get a counter of a two twelve that's still sitting in my inbox that I haven't decided on. But uh, would, would you go out? That. Would you get out on the two twelve? Yeah. Are you competing? Um, competing. Yeah, it's. I don't know. It's iffy. We. Uh, this is TA ten where we didn't okay, play then. last year. Oh right. Yeah. <laughs> I. I. I guess. I guess. I mean, there's there's enough like depth i guess of this class like i can find like 15 receivers that i'd be fine with taking i don't would i take them straight up over ridley i don't know so that's pretty much what you're asking is are you going to take you know sky Moore over calvin ridley i mean i guess not really i'm not excited about it but i suppose you're buying back about seven years six seven years or maybe five in some of these cases so yeah, I, I guess I'd, I'd have to agree with Kane. It's probably second's probably fine. Yeah, I was looking at the, uh, I was looking now just now at the DLF ADP, trying to see how low I'd have to go to see if maybe like a trying to find a player. And they, they have the rookies mixed in uh, now. So, but I mean, okay. I'm down to like wide receiver 40, 
four is Brandon Cooks. Do you think anyone's given Brandon Cooks for Calvin Ridley? Oh, yeah, no chance. Yeah, that's what I'm, that's what I'm looking at. It's like okay. you have to go so far down. Uh, Kadari- <laughs> Kadarius Tony for Calvin Ridley. I, oh, I yeah, I would do that. Tony sucks. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, Michael Gallup is Michael Gallup is wide receiver 50, by the way. That's a total buy. Yeah, um, but <laughs> uh, I mean, DJ Chark and, or Adam Thielen for Calvin Ridley, would you take that? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's where I'm at, and, yeah. and they're with the rookies thrown in. They're wide receiver fifty-one and fifty-three, so okay. it, right. it's pretty far down there to, to to try and find. And I don't even know if that gets accepted. If you're a competing team with Adam Thielen, I don't know if they're giving that up for Calvin Ridley, even though I don't have a lot of confidence in the thirty-two-year-old Thielen or whatever. But yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty bleak. Uh, it, I mean, it might. Yeah, it's it, you just got to take whatever you can get. I think at this point, uh, like you said, for thirds, I think I'm holding. Uh, but anything, I I think I'm going to accept that two twelve. So uh, it's just it's that's crazy. You're looking at a guy that's going to be going twenty nine at the end of the twenty three season. So. Uh, you're not going to get, he's not even, his value is never going to get that much higher, even once he comes back anyway. So, true, true, true. Uh, unless he just somehow goes nuts at, at 28, 29. So, um, okay. So we'll get to, to get into the, the couple of trades we had this week in the NFL. Uh, the, the big one was Russell Wilson uh, went to the Broncos. They, they got, didn't get Aaron Rodgers, but they, they did get a quarterback. So a lot of fantasy implications there. Noah Fant goes to Seattle. Uh, Drew Locke goes to Seattle. Does, I don't know that anyone actually believes Drew Locke will be starting in Seattle, but he is there. Jared Goff situation, probably. You, you think he's a? Uh, you like think a, he starts next year? Yeah, he might be a bridge. We'll see. You know, if they take somebody, you know, or they might yeah. be in doing the uh, thinly veiled tank and you know try for twenty three class. But then again, I don't know. They took on a veteran. Uh, D lineman too in that trade, didn't they? So it's not really a tanking move, but yeah, who knows? Yeah, but by the way, I was just, I was just who knows? Saw, saw in the comments, Kyle Sender uh, mentioned he got Gabe Davis and Russell Gage for the after the suspension. I would, I would, I would just be oh. ecstatic to get that yeah. for for Ridley at this point. Uh, so if you can make, oh, that yeah, trade, I would do, that. do it. Yeah. And I don't even think Russell Gage has a team, but I don't even care. So, but wait, <laughs> but what, what is uh Ridley truth? They're going to have to change his name to now. Uh, yeah. He, he mentioned uh, Deontay truther, but I, but I, I stole that. So, <laughs> 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 uh, but, but so what are, what are, I guess the question a lot of people are asking is, uh, is it Judy or Sutton? So Kane, are you, you favoring one over the other in terms of how this affects them with, with Russell Wilson coming over there? Um, I I now will do anything to trade Jerry Judy away. I love that take. Yes. <laughs> I guess um, like yes. but the fun part, right, is that people thought that Jerry Judy was already worth a 23 first. Now he actually is worth a 23 first. So like just go and trade him for a 23 first. Right? Yeah. And try, yeah, do the thing, right? Where everyone does. Let's try see if we can get a first and a second. You're not gonna, <laughs> but like you can try and then it'll get countered down to a first, and that's the one that you'll accept, right? But I would take any random 23 first over Jerry Judy. What I would like to do is I would really like to trade like anywhere from like the 204, like 203, 204 for uh, Cortland Sutton. 
Yes. I would make oh. that move. Yes. Yeah, I, I was on the buy Sutton train even before this happened with the idea that he might get a quarterback upgrade. And- I've been buying him since he was born. I've been waiting <laughs> for this day. I'm so happy. Yeah, and I, I, I'm not, I've not, you know, I like Judy come in like everyone else did, but from what we see, and I've not, you know, been impressed, and I, I just think he, he's not what everybody wants him to be. I'm not sure he's ever going to be whatever he wants him to be. I mean, it could be even with a good quarterback. I'm not sure. And and I think Sutton is going to be more Russ's guy on deep balls. I think he's going to be more Russ's guy in the red zone. And, and those are two things that can get you a decent amount of fantasy points. Uh, Judy, Judy will be a PPR guy, but uh, I I'd much rather have Sutton. Like you said, you can certainly get him cheaper, whether it's at that two or three, two or four range or, or whatever it is, it's going to be cheaper than Judy. Uh, so does this uh, does this change anything? Uh, does this affect? Do you think Gordon's coming back now because Russ is there? That's the other thing I was thinking about. And and, and what's that going to do for Javante? It's going to be difficult for them to have the cap space to do that now. That's a good point. I was just thinking that they're they're all into win, so they they'd want to keep the vet. But but yeah, I, I'm not sure what their cap situation is, but uh, it, that makes sense. Uh, any other uh, fantasy implications from from this trade that either you guys want to touch on before we move on? Well, I do just want to throw out there that I mean there was a particular podcast about one week ago exactly at this time that told <laughs> everyone you know maybe oh, go, yeah, go out and add Alberto you know to your pick him up off waivers if I mean he was on a couple waivers in my leagues earlier this year. Um, I've gotten him thrown in cheap on trades. He's just one of those guys that I keep at the end of my roster. He's one of a handful of tight ends that, you know, hey, Harrison Bryant, right? Well, Njoku got tagged, and it looks like they're keeping Hooper. So that one's a bust. But, oh, wait, Denver just traded Fant. Well, Alberto might hit. At least at least it gives him a value boost. You can trade him or package him or something. But, I mean, those are the type of guys where you can grab a handful of shares of them for nothing. And then when something like this happens, and I mean, honestly, the writing was on the wall. They told us exactly what they were doing. They extended all their receivers. They got us, they got themselves a young running back and they put themselves in position to get a quarterback, but they didn't do anything with Fant. Now they didn't have to yet, but it was pretty obvious that they weren't going to have the cap room then to re-sign him. Um, you know, the fifth year options going to be coming up. That's a lot of money. And then they had Albert O behind him, who was kind of, you know, a highly rated prospect and then slipped a little bit in the draft. And it just it just made sense. Now, I'm not saying Albert O is going to be like anything great. I'm saying more like you just got free value. So sell him now. Right. Um, but again, those are the type of guys you need to have on the end of your roster, because that's just that's free money that you just got in March. That's a beautiful thing. So I, I have two things that I think are worth touching on first i'm trading just about any late third i can for kj hamler um because that's the cost right now i wonder if you could almost get it for like a early fourth or like just a throw in on you probably can deal that you like they're like oh kj hamler i don't care about him but right like he's really talented like he's a good wide receiver for us as a third guy like Tim Patrick has, I was just going to say that Tim gone. Patrick slander. Well, look <laughs> at they Tim just Patrick's resign contract. him though. Like, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Like, I, I realize they'll probably play him this season, but you're looking at a 29-year-old Tim Patrick. Right. right. And at the end of this season, he has a, he has an out for $1.5 in dead cap. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. So he's going to play for a year. <laughs> um, I'd rather have KJ Hamler for two on a late third or maybe just a throw-in. Also, the other thing is that I think we're going to get to the point where the value of DK Metcalf is going to swing too far the other way, where all of a sudden DK Metcalf is worth buying. Great, so like if you're point. not like instantly competing this year and you have any guy like uh, Devontae Adams or Tyreek Hill or you know any of those guys and you want to go see if you can get maybe DK plus a little piece to, the, to a competing team that is DK, I think you're probably going to get that deal done. Yeah, that's... That's great. That's a great point. And yeah, you and I, we're probably talking like DK Metcalf plus a 23 second. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. And that's a, nice a really, really good trade if you're not competing and get out of yeah. the age. I think that's a good point. They're not competing because I, I think he is going to, it is obviously, I think, going to hurt him this year for sure. Uh, and depending on what 100%. they do at quarterback going forward, I mean, even last year with Russ and and with Geno Smith, <laughs> he was uh he you know he was a wide receiver, high end wide receiver too. But uh, yeah. after Russ's injury, he was kind of a low end wide receiver too from that point on. So I think that's probably what you're going to see next year. But you're right. I mean, he's still young, and in a year or two, you know, they'll hopefully rectify that QB situation, and he'll be back to being DK Metcalf. Uh, what do you think this does in, for Rust? Does this uh, increase his value for you? Um, is it neutral? Is it? Uh, I don't think. I don't think there's any way you can pers- uh, construe it as a negative. Uh, I, I kind of think it's pretty much neutral. So if you get if you can get somebody who wants to pay up for him now, just because he's with the Broncos, all those weapons, blah blah blah. I, I don't mind him as a sell. But but well, what do you think, Scott? Yeah, I mean. Uh... This is to a much smaller extent, so don't take this out of context. But it's kind of like when a quarterback leaves Adam Gase or when a quarterback leaves Matt Nagy. <laughs> like you're leaving Pete Carroll, and like that can only be a good thing. So I just think like, yeah, he had the weapons and everything, and I mean he he made plays. He's a great quarterback. So I don't think it's going to be like a drastic change. It's not going to be like Ryan Tannehill going from Miami to Tennessee and just exploding, right? Something like that. Um, you know, I mean, it's certainly possible, you know, we'll see, it could be, will he play like Rogers, you know, will that be the same offense? Are they going to bring over, you know, exactly what they had in green Bay? Um, you know, you could kind of start to plug those pieces in there and see how it would fit together. Uh, but it's, it's not going to be anything major. So I think you're on the right track as far as if somebody thinks it's a significant upgrade and you could sell, then I'm cool with that. But at the same time, it could be very similar to a Stafford situation where they're about the same age. Um, I think they're like six months apart, like both 33-ish. Um, you know, Stafford comes over from the Lions and look what he does, right? Uh, kind of a similar scenario where, you know, they finally unleash him a little bit and he's got some good weapons. And, you know, we'll see what that offense looks like with him running it. But I, I think there's good opportunity there. So I'm excited for my Russell Wilson shares. Whereas before it's like he wasn't in that elite tier, right? He wasn't like in that top eight. He's not my top eight. Um, And then he's not also like, he's not like a QB two really. I mean, I guess, I guess he is. If you have a top eight and he's not quite in there, he's almost a QB two. Right. Um, So it's, but he just wasn't exciting. You know, he wasn't like, Oh, I don't want this guy. But at the same time, you weren't like, Oh, I want this guy. 
You know, he was just now I feel like there's a little bit more excitement. So if you can use that to sell and better your team, great. And if you could just use him to win a championship, then I mean, I would do that. Okay, and then and then the one piece of news that actually didn't happen Tuesday happened the next day uh, was Carson Wentz getting traded from the Colts. I, I must say I I very much uh, enjoyed seeing that that he got traded for what was it like a couple of thirds or that can turn into a second or something like that after the Eagles uh, swindled the Colts for a first round pick for it. So uh, <laughs> and then they found out what Carson Wentz was and. and it, shipped him off but uh i actually don't hate him uh, especially if uh if washington adds a pass catcher either in free agency or in the draft i actually don't hate him as a buy for fantasy because everyone thinks carson wants his trash and he's he's not particularly good as a real life qb but he, he produced – I don't think – I don't know how many people realize if you didn't have Carson Wentz on your roster that he was pretty decent for fantasy last year. He was uh, – Yeah, well, yeah, depending on your scoring, low-end one, yeah. high-end two. Yeah, so I think it was 27 touchdowns, seven interceptions last year. I mean, it looks good on paper. He just – like I said, in real life, he uh, just chokes it at the right time and <laughs> – or the wrong time for the Colts and – uh Right. And at the end of the year, they were trying to kind of take the ball out of his hands. They, I mean, I, I remember there was, I think there was some Thursday night game where he threw like 13 passes or something like that for, I think, the majority of the game is where his number was at. So, but I don't hate him as a buy. What do you think about uh, Carson Wentz in Washington? I mean, he's not anyone who's going to, you know, be a high-end QB1 or anything. But if you handle quarterback like I do, or if you want a QB2, I think he's fine. What do you think, Kane? He is okay. <laughs> he is not going to be. I here's what I will tell you for everyone saying, like, oh, this is a pretty good upgrade for Terry McLaurin. No, it's not mm. right. And here's why, right? If we look at what Michael Pittman did last season and how he did do a whole lot better than he had ever done before, those were on passes that were deep down the field, right? And a lot in jump ball situations. That's not Terry McLaurin's no. game. Um, he's a very good route runner. So you want him to be utilized over the middle. Um, and that's not where Carson Wentz throws the ball. So, yeah. so like to, to think that this is going to be a step up for Terry McLaurin almost gives you a, a little bit of a sell opportunity. Um, I would be looking at getting just about any other wide receiver too, plus a nibble. Um, so I'd be looking at yeah. even Michael Pittman. I'd be looking at Michael <laughs> Pittman plus something even though he doesn't have a quarterback, like, right. It, it's really just about what that plus can be. Free Chad uh, Kelly. <laughs> He's not still there. Is he? No. Is he in no. jail now or something? I think so. Yeah. yeah that's what I thought. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I, think <laughs> I, I do think he was there at one point, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, and I, I kind of agree with that. I mean, you could argue that Wentz is the best QB McLaren has had, but that's not really saying much. And uh, everyone said that about Allen Robinson last year, too. And look how that worked out. So, um, so <laughs> yeah, did Scott, the Bears fan, just uh, shaking his head. Uh, so, yeah, I guess uh, well, the, one of the other thing I was thinking, of, uh, what do you think Indy does? Is it Jimmy G? Mm, I don't I don't I don't know. Well, they don't have a first round pick. Yeah. Yeah. I. It's it's weird who the, the names that they've thrown out. They're like. 
Jordan Love is is an obvious I option for this team. One, yeah. And I was like, he's an obvious option? I don't know if he's <laughs> obvious. Like, d- what does what scheme does he fit? Like, San Jose State, that's the scheme that he fits. I mean, yeah, I don't. He, I was not fits, a fan of him. He so. fits the uh, every other co- a different quarterback every year kind of system yeah. that you're working towards. This is go. the sixth or fifth or sixth quarterback in the last yeah. five or six years. Yeah, you know started. they're probably going to end up liking Carson Strong on day two just because they just had Carson Strong on their team. <laughs> what Philip Rivers? <laughs> no, literally Carson Wentz, a guy really? with a big arm, terrible knee problems. Yeah that they think is is mobile but actually isn't can't move move around a lot behind the line of scrimmage can't run to actually extend plays uh, that's basically what they already had <laughs> uh, except funny. carson strong is like the exact middle between carson wentz and philip rivers okay like he's less mobile which is somehow worse yeah he's season. He looks like he's running through molasses when I see him try and and move around Carson Strong. (laughs) He he picked up 10 yards on a play and it was clocked and it took him like seven and a half seconds (laughs) to to move those 10 yards from like his his seven step drop to get to the 10 yards. It took him seven and a half seconds. Okay, well, well, not good. Well, this Carson Strong talk is a good uh, good way to transition to the, the second half of the show where, of course, with Kane here, we did want to talk about the uh, the rookie class, uh, some questions around that. One general question I wanted to ask you, and it's funny because I, I came up with some of the stuff on the show sheet uh, earlier this week, and then I saw you didn't happen to not be on this week, but on the Debbie Marketplace, uh, you guys actually kind of talked about this, which was the Combine. And we're not going to really get into the Combine. I've heard a bunch of podcasts talking about the ups and downs, winners, losers, blah, blah, blah. I don't really want to get into it because to me, it doesn't matter that much. For me, the Combine matters. Basically, I, w- I like to get the actual, you know, heights and weights of everybody. Um, I like to see the tight ends, you know, because athleticism is such a big deal for tight ends and and for the, for them to succeed in the NFL. And... Uh, and the only other thing I really generally care about is if someone's an extreme outlier one way or the other, like like the Kyron Williams thing where he just tested horribly. That that affects me. But other than that, I don't really worry too much about the combine. What about you, Kane? Do you do you get it? Do you move much from what you see here? So I I don't necessarily move a ton, but I move within tiers a lot based on the combine, right? Because if someone doesn't perform well at the combine, the one thing that that does affect that has more statistical you know, what do you call them? Trends or whatever. I'm not a numbers guy. And that's Um, what I take from it. It's draft capital. Yeah. Yeah. Draft capital is that matters a lot. Your combine matters a ton on the draft capital. So that's why it matters. And that's why we have to move within tiers. Right. And and I'll move then when we get the draft capital, but that's what I think the biggest impact of the combine is, is the draft capital. Yeah. I think, I think the biggest thing that, that we see with the combine, right. Is a lot of double counting. Right. If if we believed that Jamar Chase was really, really fast last year and then he ran at his pro day and we're like, yep, he was fast. Let's move him up again. Like that doesn't make sense. Right. If if we know that if we know that, you know, like when Henry Ruggs was running, right, Henry Ruggs ran. You're like, whoa, he's fast. And it's like it's like we forgot every catch he ever made at Alabama and ran (laughs) with the ball in his hands. And then he's like, oh he ran well to combine let's move him up again like that's not how it works we can't just keep double counting but what we can but what we can do is try to evaluate 
what they actually do on the film and see if it matches what happens at the combine, right? That's why there's a lot of Confirm questions it. about Traylon Burks, right? Because he he can run up to 23 miles an hour. Why is he running a four five five? Like it doesn't make sense. Yeah, I was the one I think I think I was gonna say there, I was just gonna ask you kind of the other way with possible double counting. Do you look at like like a David Bell that way? Nobody expected him to test that well, I don't think. Um, he's not a supreme athlete. That's not what what you're looking for from him. But then I I've I have heard some negative talk about how he tested. Is that a, to me? I mean, I'm sorry. Is that to you an example of that double counting in the opposite way, the negative way? Well, here's the deal, right? With, with a guy that kind of attacks vertically, the easiest way for someone to attack vertically is with speed. Um, and so the hope really with David Bell is just that he ran in the four fives. Right. If David Bell ran in the four fives, if he ran a four five nine, this wouldn't be a question. Right. But when he's coming out running four six five and you're like, OK, like we, we see on the film that he doesn't necessarily win with speed all the time, that he wins a little more with precision. But the problem is you're the, the cornerbacks are better in the NFL and it's going to be more difficult to break away with him ju with just precision when he doesn't use as much speed. Um, so I think it hurts him a little bit in the sense that, that he's not going to be, you know, bigger and stronger than most of the cornerbacks that he's facing anymore. Um, he might be bigger than some of them, but he might not be stronger than most. So it's going to be difficult for him to just completely body cornerbacks over and over and over again. Um, so I think that's where it's going to hurt him a little bit. But overall, I think David Bell is who we thought he was going to be. That's what but I'm just saying, a yeah. slower version of who we thought he was going to be. <laughs> and it's so funny what you said there to me, too, though, because like you said, if you ran a four or five nine, you know, because it has that four or five. And that's mm -hmm. that's why the combine a little bit kind of doesn't matter as much. But like what you were just talking about was six hundredths of a second. So, yeah. I mean, uh, what is, what is six hundredths of a second? So I, I don't know. But. Uh, another question I wanted to ask you, Kane, while we have you here is this 22 class, you know, everyone's been kind of down on it. I, I'm sure we're going to get more hyped and probably some people already are getting a little more hyped thanks to the combine. Um, but as we get closer, there's going to be guys everyone loves, but it's definitely been considered a down class, especially with everyone looking ahead to 2023, which, you know, every pick in the first round is a golden God. So, um, where are you on this 2022 class? Are you as down on it as the consensus seems to be, at least uh, coming into the combine? No. Um, and here's why. So everyone thinks that if you don't have like these top tier talents, right? Let's look at what 2019 when Kyler Murray came in. People thought that was a pretty solid draft class because there was Kyler Murray, right? Who was there behind Kyler Murray? what Josh Jacobs, David Montgomery. And we thought that was a star studded draft class. It was no, because there was one really, really good player. And they're like, Oh, we'll just say that it's a good class because you know, we had at least one guy that we knew was going to hit. Right. But in this class, we don't have that top tier talent, but what we do have is the deepest draft class in NFL history ever. That's right. Right. Like people don't realize that part of it. Right. This is the most amount of players ever that are draft eligible ever by like hundreds of players right so if you don't think that that pool is going to get better a little bit because there's more people well a that's wrong and b that is right. what's happening right 
these players are getting better. So sure, we might not have that top tier talent, right? We might not have the Jonathan Taylor. We might not have the Kyler Murray. We might not have someone even remotely close to like Justin Fields or Trey Lance. That's fine. But what we do have is a draft class that you're going to get some really, really good players in the second round. And if we look back at 2019, did we get a lot of good players in the second round? No, we basically had like eight good players in the entire draft is what it feels like. And one of those somehow is David Montgomery. So, (laughs) so realistically, right. If we, if we're trying to figure out what this draft class is, we have wide receivers, like a, a bountiful mm-hmm. amount of wide receivers. There's so many, and they all do so many different things. So if we want to know the biggest difference between, let's say, just this past draft class and 2020, I'm already getting too excited and sorry if I'm talking <laughs> fast, but this is what happens. That's if, great, we look at, <laughs> if we look at 2021 versus 2022, right? The the reason why a lot of people were kind of down on those wide receivers is because we didn't have X receivers, right? The wide receivers on the outside that were able, able to catch, you know, the 120, 130 targets a game that are actually going to make them wide receiver twos in the NFL or better, right? We had a lot of slot wide receivers, a lot of slot wide receivers. And this year, it's a ton of X receivers. This is more X receivers that we've had in a draft that have actually been good. (laughs) <laughs> that a, it, it's in, a complete in a shock. long time yeah yeah so and and there's so many of them right we have Traylon burks we have drake london we have garrett wilson right and those are just three of the top ones and then you have guys like david bell that can win on the outside like there's there's so many um i'm i'm obviously gonna gonna miss some but like george pickens can win on the outside um you know you have john dotson even though he's small he can win on the outside you have christian watson who's coming in at six four and running a four four that he's going to be able to win on the outside right you have jalen tolbert and justin ross who are able to win on the outside and those are guys you can get in the third round of rookie drafts right those weren't things that we were able to get in probably the last three or four draft classes right you yeah. had to hope that you hit on chase claypool as that x guy to be able to have one this deep, right? And we've never seen a draft with guys that are this talented this far down in a draft before. Yeah, and then that's kind of where I'm at on it. I, I, I'm I, not hating on it as much as some. I, I, I kind of feel like we have a lot of potential contributors. There's just not as many, like you said, there's not the studs. There's not, there's not the Jamar Chase. There's not uh, the, even the Najee Harris or or obviously the quarterbacks we had last year. And I think that's another big reason for a lot of us to play super flex. It's it, we're wondering if there's going to be any decent quarterbacks to get out of this draft or not. Uh, you still have, I believe, I think you've said you had Willis as your one-on-one. Is that where you're at still? Yeah. Like we, we have to understand how important a quarterback is in super flex, right? Especially with a guy that, like since he's not running at the combine, um, I can tell you that he's already been hand timed at sub four four. So, if you tell me that that's going to come out and people aren't just going to absolutely freak, <laughs> right? Like a guy yeah. that fast, and sure, he's got a lot of work that he needs to do with with his passing, right? Because he wasn't in a system that really made him pass or be good at passing for most so of his would career. you say that he's further behind than like trey lance was at this point yes yeah, because trey right. lance had an absolute cannon right okay um like malik willis has a strong arm but i think he he definitely needs work when it comes to progressions and things like that but the one thing that you can't teach is a guy that's going to run sub four four 
in the NFL, right. and especially when we care a lot about rushing yards at the quarterback position, that means a lot, right? And let's say, let's use Trey Lance as, as an example, right? Did Trey Lance lose any value from the 2021 rookie bit. draft to what he is right now? Not a bit. No, he's kind of gained value. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's up he, to what, he hasn't disappointed nine? us like some of the other guys. Yeah, right. He's, he's up to like quarterback nine, quarterback 10. Some people are having him ahead of Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Um, so if, if even if a, the quarterback sits, let's say that Malik Willis sits for a year, my investment's safe. Yeah. That, that, that's the point I was trying to make earlier. Um, I was on with Scott Connor earlier today. And here's, here's the thing look around the NFL and tell me how many teams are like super happy with their quarterback situation, like maybe 12. And then you have like an, maybe another like eight more that are like, eh, we're okay right now, or maybe we have somebody we're developing. But then that leaves like a good dozen teams that, okay, we'll fill a couple spots here with, you know, maybe somebody will take a shot on Trubisky. Um, you know, somebody trades for Jimmy G. There's a couple of situations that will be resolved there, or at least somewhat. But ultimately, there's probably eight or nine teams that they're, you're just going to have to play a quarterback at some point. Like these teams are not going to compete long for quarterback. I mean, look back at the final four teams, each of like the last six years. And there's like one, one or two teams that made it that far without a, you know, legitimate quarterback. Right. And it just, it just doesn't happen. So all the openings in the NFL mean that they're going to take quarterback, whether this, class is great or not it it almost doesn't matter like you got to look back to remember like jake locker and christian ponder and all those guys like how far up the boards did they get pushed up because just because they're quarterbacks like we all knew they weren't great we all knew this and we don't you don't have to know anything about football like we just all knew that they were not great prospects and yet they here they are going 10 12 you know seven i think um, like that's crazy. Like that's, that's just how it goes. Right. I mean, there's, there is a need for quarterbacks and it's more evident than ever that there are teams that need them. There's like a huge gap right now. Uh, I think more than ever, in my opinion, between the have and have nots with the quarterbacks and, you know, cause a lot of these guys, why do you think they stuck around until they're 40? Because teams needed them. They, there was nobody to take their spot. So these guys are going to get draft capital. There's probably going to be four quarterbacks in the first round. Um, you know, the over-under is probably four and a half, right? I mean, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I would guess the line right now is probably three and a half. Three and a half. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah, because there's probably one will sneak in at the end. So, you know, I guess it depends on where you feel about like Matt Corral and Pickett. But there's going to be at least three in the first round, like almost guaranteed lock. You know, you could bet on that. I mean, it's just because of the need and because of that fifth year and and just the way that the NFL set up. And so these guys are going to get an opportunity, even if they don't start, even if Seattle takes one at nine and they start Drew Locke for a few weeks, they're going to lose and then they're going to start their young guy. You know what I mean? So like, you know, and just like Kane was saying, if a guy ends up behind a bridge where they sit for a year, that's fine, too. Because their value is then insulated. So really, to me, it's almost like this is why you just take quarterbacks with your rookie picks. I mean, I'm not 
saying that as like a blanket statement, but in general, I'm going to lean towards those guys. Even if they're not the elite talents, I'll still take that shot and we'll see what happens. And, and you know. to re, you know, yeah, and to reinforce the point you both are making, you know for sure, Scott, that I don't, you know, pay up for quarterbacks. I, I don't like to to get the elite guy. I'm mean, not that I don't like to get the elite guys, but I don't like to pay up for the elite guys. If I can get them cheap, sure. I'll sort of take the elite guys. But, sure. um, but, but even in uh, even me in rookie drafts, I, I do like to draft quarterbacks because because to me, rookie drafts are all about value. I, I'm not sure of production on anybody I'm drafting in a rookie draft as opposed to say a startup or a trade I'm making. So, and, and you are right. They are going to hold that value. Uh, you're, you're both right uh, through at least a year. I mean, really more than that. I mean, like Sam Darnold was getting you a first for like three years. So um, <laughs> as he continued to be horrible, uh, I also just wanted to piggyback real quick on Scott's question about Trey Lance uh, with Malik Willis. Um, and, I was thinking maybe even a more apt question might be how does he compare uh, to what Jalen Hurts looked like as a prospect coming out? Because Jalen Jalen prospect, Jalen Hurts is a guy that even to this day is not a great passer, but he's a good fantasy quarterback. And that's, I think kind of the model possibly for Malik Willis that he's going to just get you those points, even if he doesn't throw that well. So I'm curious how he compares to Hurts as a prospect uh, two years ago. Um, worse as a passer, but a better runner. Okay. That makes um, so, sense. So one up, one down, right? But th- that's <laughs> kind of to be expected. Okay. Um, and oh, I saw there was a question in the chat here. Uh, uh which 22 first round draft pick should we oh, trade yeah. our 2023 first for? I think you guys talked about this on, on Dynasty Wall Street recently, right? 107 it's like 106 107 somewhere in there for me what do you think scott yeah i think i'm willing to go a little bit farther back um or i mean i'm not willing to go that high i guess i should say i don't know how i can't speak yeah what's Um, the highest pick yeah rate of 2023 probably one probably 109 probably 109 yeah, I think I I'm kind of right where both of you but are. I think I, I'm 107, 108. I I I I we had a I we had a trade in one of my leagues where I commish and I, and like the trade addicts leagues, I post all of our trades on Twitter, and it was 105 for 2023 first and 2023 first won 51 to 49. So I thought that was nuts. Um, yeah, I could be yeah. talked into like the 105. I could probably be talked into it, like if I know the team isn't isn't super strong. I just think the challenge is you can't once they get late, like everybody's kind of like, think about it. You're in a super flex tight end premium. There's really not a tight end you're taking the first round. So there's maybe a handful of quarterbacks, depending on the draft capital. There's probably three running backs. Um, You know, who knows if a fourth jumps in there, but it's probably three right now. Um, You know, and then there's a couple two three receivers depending on where they land whatever so i think that puts it at like eight or nine but then the next group of players is pretty much receivers and or shitty quarterbacks and or like reaching on running backs and so who's who's giving you a 23 first for that you know what i mean like i don't think that trade's happening on the clock so i think you'd have to do that now if you can pull it off um otherwise i don't i really don't see it happening on the clock i don't see you being able to be like i'll see who's there at 110 and then maybe trade out like it's not happening it's just it's not gonna happen 
Yeah. Uh, as you guys were talking about, I was thinking maybe another way to sort of ask this question, because everyone just thinks every 2023 first is going to be some great player. Uh, but I, I'm curious, and I'm kind of putting you a little bit on the spot here, Kane, but it, off the top of your head, like if you were, since you know these Debbie guys and yep. the guys that are coming out next year, and there's still, you know, there's obviously a lot can change in a year, and there's the whole matter, the uh, fact of the matter that you won't have these guys to play for you for a year to factor in. But if you were to like combine these two classes, if you, how many of the 2022 guys do you think would make it into the 2023 first round? Like if you combine the two, how many would be 2022 guys? Do you understand what I'm asking? Yep. Maybe okay. three, like three, maybe three be Garrett Wilson. Mm-hmm. Um, Brees Hall would probably sneak in there just because of the combine and Malik Willis. That's it. Okay. And so when you frame, frame it that way, should you be trading the 104 then for a random 2023 <laughs> if those three guys are off the board? No, be- <laughs> because you're assuming a lot more risk. Yeah, that's the thing. Right? That's why I mentioned like you're waiting the year and um, things can so, happen. Yeah. But, but in 23, right, you have Bijan Robinson, the running back from Texas, uh, Coleridge Bernard Stroud the fourth, the quarterback <laughs> from Ohio State, Bryce Young, the quarterback from Alabama, Jameer Gibbs, the running back from Alabama. Keshawn Boutte or Mr. Booty, if you're nasty, the wide receiver from LSU. Jackson Smith and Jigba, the wide receiver from Ohio State. Tank Bigsby, the running back from Auburn. Zachary Evans, now the running back at Ole Miss. Jordan Addison, the wide receiver at Pitt. Quentin Johnson, the wide receiver at TCU. And and Michael Mayer, the tight end at Notre oh, yeah. Dame. And that's not counting the guys that are going to just absolutely explode this year. Sure. And, and, and we don't even know conversation. about it yet. Yeah. <laughs> right? So expect at least one other quarterback probably jump in there mm-hmm. it could be anyone from anthony richardson at florida tyler van dyke at miami right it could be either of those guys maybe hendon hooker out of tennessee but he's 25 that he'd be coming into the nfl at 25 years old so that'd be a little bit harder for him to get first round draft capital but you're talking about a lot of a lot of really really good players in the 23 class right and i think can can i go on a soapbox here absolutely okay. So here's here's the biggest thing, right? And I've talked about this a lot on the Debbie Marketplace, is that we know that the 23 class is good, but you need to set your team up to actually win with the 23 class, right? That's the biggest thing that nobody is paying attention to right yeah. now, right? Yeah, you're because right. How do you build a team to actually win when you're going to draft a bunch of running backs? Oh, that means you should probably have quarterbacks and wide receivers on your team, right? right. The tight ends can can sometimes they could be piecemealed together, right? But if I am going for for Bijan Robinson, right? I have the 101 or the 102, and I'm gonna get Bijan Robinson in one of those two picks, right? That means that I need to actually put my team together to utilize the best and most valuable years of Bijan Robinson's career. Sure. Yeah, if your right roster's away. trash, he's not gonna do anything for you. Exactly. Yeah. So then you're gonna ruin the the best years that you would have had with Bijan Robinson because you decided that you still needed to hold on to like in let's say in 2023 your starting quarterbacks are ryan Tannehill and Derek carr and you're like oh i can totally just do this it's like probably not yeah because at some point one of those two isn't probably going to be a starting quarterback anymore um you know what i mean exactly <laughs> like so realistically right you need to set your team up to actually compete in 2023 let's say that i have four first round picks in the 23 class and i end just with an absolute haul right let's say i get one of the top two quarterbacks granted we don't even know these quarterbacks don't always perform their first year like mac jones statistically had the best rookie year 
in the quarterback class. Do you know who outscored him in his rookie season? EJ Manuel. So let's not act like, you know, these quarterbacks can come out of nowhere in their rookie seasons and just absolutely bust onto the scenes, right? Like statistically, it's probably not going to happen if none of these five good quarterbacks did it and EJ Manuel scored higher than them and that average was like 14.6 points a game. It's probably not going to happen for these quarterbacks, right? But let's say you end up with one of the two really good quarterbacks. Let's say the best case scenario, right? You have four top, you have the top four picks. Let's say top four picks just to make it easy, right? You end up with Bijan Robinson. Let's say you take at least one quarterback, um, Cole Rich Bernard Stroud, the fourth from Ohio State or Bryce Young, right? Let's say you take one of those. Um, you're going to take Jameer Gibbs, and let's say you take a chance on a wide receiver, whether it's Keishon Butte or, or JSN, right? How do you think all four of those are going to do right away if your team sucks? Right. 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 And, and not to mention that, like, not all running backs are going to just absolutely get the, every touch right away, right? Look at Javante Williams. He, like, he obviously finished the season fine overall but like what he was he that top guy that we that people wanted him to be right away no so like then then you might even be looking at 24 for these in 2024 for these guys to actually matter and if you're not already building that team to have kind of those younger quarterbacks whether it is a macaroni jones or you know someone like that plus an older quarterback then maybe you get another one another quarterback in the 22 class the 23 class and actually stabilize that quarterback room or you are building through the wide receivers and making sure that you have a lot of young guys, whether that's Deontay Johnson, whether that's T Higgins, whether it's a bunch of those guys and making sure that your core is actually strong. Maybe you have a really good core at wide receiver and you're, and you have like a chase or a Jefferson or a Jalen Waddle or something like that. Right. Then at least you're going to be strong at the core, but the difficult part, right. Especially in the leagues that, that the three of us play in now that it's not your cookie cutter, like start eight, super flex right. we're talking to right we're start nine isn't even really a thing that we would join a league for anymore no. start 10 you're like yeah okay like you're getting better but <laughs> we're, we're in like right we're, we're talking about like start 11 start 12 leagues 12, and, 13, if, and if you're yeah. really gonna tell me that that you're gonna try to piecemeal like your wide receiver two or three is kj hamler and you're gonna <laughs> and then you're gonna like i love kj hamler as much as the next guy but if you're gonna tell me that b jen robinson is gonna all of a sudden compete and make your team competitive because KJ Hamler is your wide receiver two on your team, it's not going to happen, right? right? So if you don't try to build your team correctly and start doing it now, then your team is still going to suck with these guys. And you're going to be confused why you didn't win a championship when everyone said that the 23 class was good because you don't know how to build a team. <laughs> roster construction. Hashtag roster construction. <sighs> Okay. Yeah. No. All good points. That very. I. I. That was fun to listen to. Okay. He's <laughs> <laughs> very animated about it. Um. But yeah. I know. I he's know not you have wrong. Been, no. He's not wrong. And it, 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 yeah. It's definitely a good point. Um. Before we finish up on the rookies, uh. I know. I think Scott had mentioned he might have a couple players he wanted to ask about. One thing I, I wanted guess. to ask you about myself, Kane. If if uh, Scott, you you don't mind me going first. Um. Is uh, a guy. I kind of I, I am nowhere near the uh, film evaluator that guys like like you and Zach Reed and other people are, uh, but I do like to get my eyes on these guys and I've been watching some recently. Uh, I've really started diving in these last few weeks, and one guy I don't hear talk not that people don't know him he he's a potential I think rookie first round pick but 
not that people are talking about his lies, and you didn't even mention him. I think with all the guys you've mentioned on the on the podcast so far, is Jamison Williams, uh, yeah. and I just wanted to get your thoughts on him. And like, He's is slow, there a Rocky. reason other than the injury that I should not love this guy as much as I do? I no, like <laughs> I I think I think you're gonna run into something really really similar that that we're going to run into with Traylon Burks, right? And these are two completely different players with two completely different skill sets, right? But the thing we're going to run into is how many teams do they actually fit on? And that matters a lot, yeah. right? And what is the role that they're going to try to make Jamison Williams fit into? Sure. Right? Are they going to try to use him exactly how he's used at Alabama and he absolutely crushed it because they were using him over the middle, they were using him deep, they're using him on screens, and he can really do everything? Or are they going to Deshaun Jackson him? That's right. Are they going to Henry Ruggs him? Right. And yeah. and that's the biggest thing that that worries me. Right. But realistically, I think the chance that that happens is probably like 10, 15 percent that he's used just completely incorrectly. Like he's probably not going to go to the Eagles. So I think we'll escape that one. Well, Matt Nagy isn't <laughs> coaching anywhere, so we should be OK. Oh, no, he's back at the Chiefs. Isn't he? Well, but he doesn't he doesn't have an influence over where the receivers yeah, will play. True. Hopefully. That's true. Well, he just likes to cut off one side of the field. That's right. <laughs> it's not Mitch Trubisky doing that. That was Matt. No doubt. Uh, no, no doubt. but I, I like Jamison, Jamison Williams a lot. Um, I I think the, the injury concerns me a little bit um, just because I realize it's just, you know, ACL tears are just commonplace almost at this point, which mm-hmm. to say that is wild. It is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, are you worried about the ACL tear? No, not really. <laughs> it's it's like no, he just had surgery on his knee, um, and you know we you saw him working out his balance already, which he's way ahead of schedule. Um, but I think what what scares me is right. I play a lot with value. I actually only care about value. I don't care about anyone's name on my fantasy football team because that's only going to hinder you and and make you attached to certain players that that you shouldn't be attached to. Um, but I think what what is going to kind of hurt things a little bit is let's say he doesn't end up, you know, fully playing in an NFL game until let's say week six, right? Let's say he gets fully healthy, gets the complete all clear. I don't know when that's going to be, right? I'm not a doctor. Um, I went to school to be an English teacher. Get off my back. <laughs> um, so if if we just look at let's say he's let's say he even plays week four for the first time, right? then I've lost a few weeks of value by other mm-hmm. rookies performing better than him. And let's say he maybe starts his first game week six, right? They work him back in the first few weeks, like we see a lot. And then, and then he kind of gets to start after that. Right. It's like, okay. And then does he have that rapport now with the quarterback? Because he wasn't really fully present for training camp. He wasn't fully present for OTAs. So that report not, isn't going to, might not kick off right away. Right. And then we're, a few weeks down the road and all of a sudden he's putting up big weeks, you know, week 10, week 11, week 12, because he's a really, really talented player and they figured out how to use him. And they figured out the chemistry. Right. But I lost like six, eight weeks of value in there when I could have drafted someone else who might have more of a value gain right away, trade for Jamison Williams plus something and then still get the same result towards the end of the season. And for me, that's what I care about. You know, it makes me think of uh, you remember when OBJ was a rookie and he got hurt early on 
And then I this was like the first one of the first dynasty leagues I was in. And like literally a guy dropped him. Like I was like, what? <laughs> like, wait, did you just use a first round pick on it? Like, you know, and I mean, this was like, you know, the, we were using ESPN for a dynasty league, right? Yeah. Type thing like this was, you know, eight years ago now or whatever, you know, Um but yeah, that's exactly it, right? You know, he didn't he didn't build a rapport. He wasn't on the field, you know, and it was just like, oh, this guy's a bust. Like, what? What? Jesus, let's calm down here a second, you know? But then I was able to just pick him up off waivers and got myself an OBJ. But yeah, I definitely see what you're saying. I think that that really makes sense from that value standpoint. So it almost makes me think if I am stuck with like a 111, 112, that means I have a really good team. I just came out of the championship. Maybe I have a good core already. And I feel like I like him long-term. And so then maybe he is a good pick for me right there. But then again, what if, you know, Olave goes to a better situation or George Pickens going to have some opportunity, then maybe you're right value-wise. Maybe I should take one of those guys. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it'll be an interesting decision. And I think we're going to see a lot of wide receivers go, like, at the end of the first, yeah. early second. Yeah, And Dave just brought up a great example. That's Bateman. That's literally what happened with Rashad Bateman last season. Yeah. Yeah. And now the value's just starting to kind of come back to where it should be, right? But it's still not 100% there yet. No, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I think, too, with Bateman, the fact that it was uh, Baltimore, who uh, who did pass more last year, but, you know, you worry about the, the passing volume there hurt him, too. But if, if uh, he gets into a better situation, maybe the injury won't uh, hurt him as much, even if he doesn't start the year. But Scott, did you have uh, a player or two you wanted to bring up with Cam? I just, I I just had a couple things that I wanted to bring up and more so like. Uh, so one example I want to give you, and this was good because we talked about KJ Hamlet earlier. So I know you're a Big Ten guy, Penn State. Yep. We watched KJ Hamler play there. We yep. watched him play in basically the same role. Oh, as... you want to you want to talk about Jahan Dotson? I I do. I want to talk about Jahan Dotson. They are virtually the same size. Yep. Not quite the same player. Yep. But they were used very similarly. Now Dotson a lot more production. I mean Hamler always made plays. He you know he was a good player in college. But like Dotson seems to be like super legit. However. They're about the same size. So I naturally, I think people will make some of that. Now, maybe not like film guys. I'm just saying your average dynasty player. They're going to go, wow, these guys are the same size. They went to the same school, things like that. How how or why is Dotson different than Hamler? And why does he have more potential to have a higher ceiling? Yeah, so um, most of it is the way that he attacks vertically for me. Um, so if we look at Jahan Dotson and KJ Hamler, KJ Hamler only attacked vertically with speed. That was the only move that he had in his arsenal. And did it work? Yes. KJ Hamler is very yeah, fast. The burner. <laughs> right. And it makes a ton of sense, right? We've all seen so many Penn State games where they always seem to have that one really, really fast wide receiver. And you're like, how the hell does he get Hoban every, every time, time in the secondary? And it just got to stop. And at some point, that's just the only guy that we got to guard, right? We just need to get two guys on him. And then Sean Clifford can't do anything. But we still can't figure that out sometimes. But I'm right. going to digress before I, before I just fully lose it. Um, but Jahan Dotson, he can do kind of everything, and he works a little more over the middle than KJ Hamler does because of the way that he can attack vertically, right? So what I mean when he attacks vertically, KJ Hamler, he's just really, really fast, and he's going to sprint and work to get upfield as fast as he can, Okay, right? Mm -hmm. That's his Nine goal. Routes. Yep. Yep. Okay. And sure, he's going to sometimes turn those into slants, turns those into back, back shoulder curls, Post. and yeah. a bunch of different right. things, right? 
Um, but Jahan Dotson, he's already trying to win the route off the release. KJ okay. Hamler was just trying to get down. Yeah, he wasn't. Yeah. Right. And so Jahan Dotson, that's why he does so many other things. And especially when he attacks over the middle a whole lot easier is because he's already trying to win the route off the line of scrimmage. Right. And he's a much better route runner because of that, because his release is better. The way that he sinks his hips when he's cutting inside and out is better. The way that he uses head fakes is better. Um, I think he's relatively faster um, play speed than than Hamler was not as much in a straight line burner. Sure. Um, but but just the way in and out of his breaks, I think his agility is a little bit better than than Hamler's was, especially on the field. So I think all of that leads me to believe that like Jahan Dotson is going to be a better player in the NFL. Right. That's awesome. But the downside is explanation. But the downside is, right? Who is going to believe that the five nine hundred eighty-seven exactly. pound player exactly. is going to be able to attack over the middle of the field? Right. With yep. safeties getting bigger and faster, with there being more nickel coverage. The air of the big slot. Right. Yep. And with all that happening, how is that going to affect um, Jahan Dotson. Now, I think where that affects him a little bit more is just in the NFL draft itself, right? I think, I think even though we've had a lot of smaller, faster guys, I still think because he doesn't have the elite level of production, I think he's, he, I think he ends up with kind of late round two, early round three draft capital. Um, but I'm, we, we know that that's totally fine. Like sure. for fantasy football, that's great. Yeah. Um, but but the question is, are they going to utilize him all over the field in the same capacity that he was being used at Penn State? And I can't fully answer that without knowing what system of he's going to go to. But I, I feel like with all the things that he's good at, you have to assume that he's going to be used a whole lot more um, in, in that offense. I think he reminds me more of like a smaller, faster version of Amon Ross St. Brown. Okay. More more than like okay. just trying to do the 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 helmet comparison to a guy like KJ Hamler. Sure. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's an incredible explanation. I mean, that's, it's really helpful for me. So um, yeah, I mean, I just think that's, there's so much more to it than it's just so easy when you see guys that are the same size, went to the same school, they were used somewhat similarly. And it's kind of like, you know, you just make that parallel, but yeah. They're, yeah and I, I think really sometimes, I think sometimes the, the, parallels are warranted a little bit just because teams are always going to try to get um you know guys that are similar right mm -hmm. like i think Brees hall and and um, david montgomery are similar players sure Brees hall is just more explosive sure yeah and can get to the outside a little bit see faster that. but i think they have still some of the same issues Right, mm -hmm. because that's the way that they were coached. I think they're a little too indecisive behind the line of scrimmage. I don't think they attack vertically fast enough. Um, I think the quote that that he used um, was something about um, um, slow behind the line, fast when you hit the hole, something like that. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, whatever the John Madden quote is, I don't exactly have it off the top of my head. Um, but that's that's the way they were coached, and that's the that's why we're going to kind of see. We're going to see that with similar players and kind of those similar traits. Um, but that doesn't mean they're necessarily similar prospects, but we are going to see similar traits. And that's the exact same thing that we're seeing um, with, with Hamler and Dotson in the regard of them really trying to get upfield as fast as possible. Just Dotson is trying to win, win just a lot faster. Got it. Got it.
Okay, and uh, unless you had another player you wanted to touch on, Scott. Um, I just I, was... I just wanted to ask, like, if there's anybody, I mean, we're going to, this is kind of a running theme, right, as we just kind of ask everyone, is there anyone that, outside of, like, the top guys that everybody knows, pick any position, yes, I don't care, any player, <laughs> it's wide open, just any name that you want to put out there that you're like, you know what, this guy caught my eye, he's intriguing, I like some of the things he can do. You know, if a team believes in him or whatever, gives him an opportunity, I think he could be really good. Yeah, like a guy so, you can grab in the third or fourth. Or yeah, something. right, right. Trans. You know, more of a dart throw later, but just a name that we can keep an eye on, see what happens in the draft. Any Anybody, any position. Yeah, so you're going to get more than one because... That's my <laughs> figure, but that's fine. Because I've it's done this with open. me before. So um, we're going to start at the running back position. Um, and so a big one for me is you're not going to hear... A lot of people talk about Zonovan Knight, and you're not going to hear Zonovan Knight be day two. He's not a day two guy. Um, he's a little bit slower at the 40. Um, but the reason why we need to bring him up is he might be truly the best outside zone running back in this draft class, right? NC State is one of the statistically one of the best outside zone running teams in college football. Right. And so Zonovan Knight, very, very good at it. Um, and he runs with power. There's a reason why his nickname is Bam. So his nickname is Bam Knight. Um, like, and he does have speed. Like, he was on kick returns, he was on punt returns, things like that. Like, you're not going to put a guy with not a lot of speed out there. Right. Um, that's just not the way it works. And right. what, what that means for me is that they're very confident in him in open space. Um, so he, he can be used in the passing game as well. Um, so if we end up seeing him go to a team that doesn't pick a running back in the first few rounds and there are an outside zone run scheme, like if let's say that the Falcons don't end up picking a, a running back, they're still working out of an outside zone run scheme. Arthur Smith hasn't fully transitioned them to a power run scheme yet. They're yeah. working on it. It hasn't happened quite yet because it does take longer than a year than, you know, it takes longer than everyone thinks it does. Um, and they, if they take Zonovan Knight, that means that they're fully running an outside zone run scheme. And if they take him in the fourth or fifth round, I'm probably moving him up. Right now, his, his ADP is like mid-fourth. I'm probably looking late third then, mid to late third, to get him on my team. Um, same with Miami. If he ends up going to Miami in, you know, oh yeah, round four, round five, round six, like everyone's going to push him up then. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, I think that's that's one running back. Um, to uh, to keep, he, yeah, he was a beast radar. in the college production. Yeah, uh, he's very very good. You know, um, you know, leagues. Yeah, Pierre Strong Jr. also very very fast. Oh yeah, coming out of uh, South Dakota State. Um, that's my co-host Shane Hallam's guy. He was yeah. on Pierre Strong Jr. and Christian Watson well before anyone knew who either of them was. Um, so big props to him on that. Um, the wide receiver that I seem to like more than everyone else. Well, well, there's two of them. One is Eric Ezukanma, the wide receiver out of Texas Tech, uh, mainly yeah. because he's got every physical trait you could want. Right? 6'4", 220, can he's fly. Right? He's a 4'4 guy. <laughs> like, there, there were some talks that he could run sub 4'4". I don't really remember off the top of my head what he, what he fully ran, but um, very, very fast character. Um. And he was, he did better in an offense this year where it fully went back to the air raid system. Finally got a quarterback in Tyler Shuck before he ended up getting hurt. He was the transfer from Oregon going to Texas Tech. 
Um, very, very good season for him, and he was getting better. Um, so I think he's interesting, especially with a team that wants to move the ball down the field. Um, so I like him a lot. The other guy that I like a whole lot more than other people is Jalen Tolbert. Now he's oh, yeah. the wide receiver out of the University of South Alabama. Um, big producer. Um, I think the, the biggest thing with him is he was never asked. So this bear with me on this one. So the the similar things that people are going to say about Traylon Burks and his route running are the exact same things that they're going to say about Jalen Tolbert because, because of how he was used. Yet yeah, neither of them were asked to yes they were asked to go over the middle right don't get me wrong there but the way that they were asked to go over the middle were all speed routes right that means that they're only that they got audible to slants drags things like that when they were on off coverage right so the, the goal was just to attack vertically one to two steps break inside get the ball right and both of them were good at that but both because both of them are fast. Jalen Tober obviously not as fast as we fully thought that he was, especially we thought, you know, at 6'3, where he was listed, and he ended up coming in at 6'1 and 3 ace, I think. Yeah. Um, but but he's a guy that he attacks vertically really, really quickly because of that speed. Um, I think the route running has has some work. Um, but depending on what kind of system that that he goes into, um, I think he could end up being successful. Um, maybe not you know, right away, but I think he could find some success towards the end of the year um, just because he, he is just a really, really good player. And I think he ends up finding success maybe towards that end of that first year or early second um, season. We're like, Oh, where did this guy come from? He's like, well, he was just a third round pick that we didn't really know what to do with. So, right. Okay. Awesome. I love it. And then one, one last thing I wanted to ask before we finally move on to find me a trade and finish up here was, uh, is there any guy uh, in the in the early part of the draft, kind of the corresponding question to what Scott asked, that you're that you're lower on than consensus, that maybe could be a pitfall to avoid? Maybe if you have somebody in the first round, or maybe someone who we're talking late first, early second, something like that. Um. Well, before the combine, it would have been Kyron Williams. <laughs> now now everybody else is there <laughs> yeah i i mentioned this in in scott's chat um in scott connor's chat someone asked me like what are your main takeaways from from things and i i said usually if someone tells me that the best trait that a wide receiver has is contested catching and the best <laughs> trait that a running back has is pass blocking i probably don't want them on my fantasy football <laughs> team yeah right and we're gonna hear that a lot right mm-hmm. about some of these oh Nikhil Harry, just great contested catch. Like he's able to attack vertically and, and he that 50-50 ball becomes an 80-20 ball, right? Mm-hmm. And these are all lines that I say all the time because I think it's important that a guy can do that. But if that's his main trait, like that's rough, mm-hmm, um, yeah. right? And we heard about Kyron Williams all the time, right? What is it, his best trait? It's pass blocking. Pass pro, and it's yeah. pass blocking for a guy that's 197 pounds. Um, <laughs> and he, he's good. He's very good at pass blocking. He's good at it, yeah. Yeah, he's great. But I don't get points for that. No. Yeah, yeah. And then you hear the, oh, but he gets, that means he gets on the field. Yeah, he gets on the yeah. field when it doesn't matter. <laughs> right? For Did him. you get points for, for all of those pass blocking reps that Zeke got week one and week two when Zach Martin was out? Is that why he all of a sudden was the what, the running back one on the week because he got one point per pancake? No. If you got one point per pancake eaten, then maybe Zeke would have gotten you more points, but that's just not the way it works in fantasy football. Um, sorry, I got fired up again. I'm just that's good. I I'm love on a it. roll here. I love um, it. 
a wide receiver that I'm probably off of more than other people is just because it's scary to me is George Pickens. Like, yeah, I like George Pickens, right? And I think George Pickens is is a talented player. Yeah. Um, but I wonder if I think there's a slight chance, right, that, that we kind of see him kind of move down some boards and people are going to be like, oh, but I thought he was really, really good. Um, that's if they kind of forgot everything that happened his freshman year at Georgia. Um, a lot of stuff, a lot of locker room stuff that mm-hmm. he just wasn't the best teammate, um, that he just wanted the ball thrown his way the whole time. And I realized that you want that alpha guy to to be wanting the ball all the time. But he just, there was some talks that he wasn't just really in it for the team and things like that. And that was the exact same for the for the other wide receiver, Blaylock, that was also at Georgia. It was both of them. And it just, what things weren't really going right in the locker room. And it, obviously that had something to do with Georgia not being as good that year. Um, that probably helped things kind of deteriorate sure. the locker room a little bit faster. Um, but I think if George Pickens doesn't get kind of that, you know, that, that nice capital, I think it might be difficult for, for me to fully um, trust him because some people are saying that he could be a late first round pick. And that's difficult for me to see right now. Like NFL wise, you're saying both. Okay. Yeah. I think even, I don't think he's first a first round rookie pick. drafts. I yeah, don't think I was actually just looking at a mock today and I had him going to the Packers in the first round. I yeah. I don't get I that. I don't get that. that. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. But I, I even think late first in rookie drafts, I think is. Heavy. Yeah. I don't think you want to spend that capital on him. But I, I think that's compared to people seeing these mock drafts and him going first round in these mock drafts, which I don't think quite is going to happen. No. Um, but I think he's a really, really talented player. Don't get me wrong. Like you even saw it against Alabama. He made one catch and it was probably the most spectacular catch yeah. we'd seen in that entire game, right? Um, absolute crazy body control and everything. Um, I just, I want him to be healthy and I want him to be really, really good. Um, but I, I don't know. Just I don't. No, we'll see if he's matured, and we'll see but, what a team. Right. Him. I mean, but you're you're having to pick him over Chris Olave, Jameson Williams, Drake right. London, like right, and or a running back, and we just know that the value of running backs is just stupid, <laughs> right? Rookie running backs is just stupid. If they get day two capital, you're like wheels up, baby. Like <laughs> you you can either trade for him and give me a high end quarterback too, or you can't get him at all. Right. That's that's like what we're looking at here. Like, do you want to trade me Aaron Rodgers for Kenneth Walker? No. All right. We're not doing a deal then. Right. Like it's 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 stupid how, how high these kind of values go. But but we all know that that's the way that it is. And so if you're choosing kind of George Pickens over a day two running back or kind of these other really good, you know, wide receivers or hell, even a first round quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. Yep. Okay. So so we don't keep Kane here till like past midnight my time. Um, we're <laughs> uh, part of my doing. So we're, <laughs> we're fine. We can. That's just keep true. Going. It's 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 only it's only uh, it's only like I go on, I go on a vacation tomorrow. So. <laughs> Well, we're still going to get to our Find Me a Trade segment here. So uh, this week it was uh, submitted by Nurk at Nurkaleptic on Twitter. Um, Scott, you, I'm going to uh, pull up the, the yep. roster. You want to get into the settings while I do that? All right. Yeah. So this is uh, this this is closer to the leagues I play in. We're kind of getting getting back here. We had some weird ones lately, but um, 12 true. team. PPR, Superflex, the 2.0 tight end premium, 40-man roster, 
all that looks pretty good. Uh, start 10, still a little light, but it's not, it's not too bad. Uh, quarterback, two running backs, two receivers, tight end, super flex, and then your three flex spots. So you, you have a little bit of uh, flexibility there with roster construction. Um, let's see. Nurk says he finished fourth in 2020, made a series of trades that following non-point scoring season, including giving away all of my draft picks to compete more in 21, and then everyone got hurt. So even though I didn't have any of my own picks, I started selling all my pieces to get younger or for other injured pieces to build for 22. I am happy with what I was able to acquire and position myself for this year, but I haven't made any trades in 22 so far, and I'm looking for a direction to take. Now, I, I did see that it, it looked like he lost the 101 or he gave up the 101. Or what became the 101? Uh, I don't yeah, know. I, I'm, I'm guessing it probably became things, the 101, but, but yes, he did. I mean, I don't know what you're ha- what you got from that, but I'm not sure what you'd be happy with there. But I mean, not so much because there's some great 101 prospect, but more just because you could probably trade it to somebody. I mean, given we're talking here uh, a safe leagues league, you're in my experience in my safe leagues leagues. Uh, I'm typically able to find at least one sucker to take the 101 for you know a really strong player that's already proven um but you know we'll we'll see here the interesting thing which i think we're going to get into but you know rocky you go through the roster first we'll yeah let me get to the roster okay. um he's he's pretty solid at quarterback he's got uh, potentially five starters here maybe uh if, if things everything broke perfectly for him he's got jimmy g mac jones trey lance patrick Mahomes. actually you could make a case that he has six starters uh potentially jordan love if he goes to the cults like we were talking about and, and mr Trubisky, who's been a little bit of a, a hot name uh, in rumors le- recently and kyle yeah. trask the the technically he for the box too. Obviously. yeah yeah so- obviously <laughs> So literally all seven of those guys could have a, you could tell a story that they end up starting. And, and I think right. at least, I think at least four of them are pretty much definite. I think Jimmy G is, and then Mac Jones, Lance and Mahomes most likely. Um, the running backs uh, are Dobbins and ETN are his top two guys. He has James Robinson. Then mostly just a bunch of guys. Kenneth Gainwell is probably the most notable name of the other guys. Uh, receivers got a lot of receivers who, looking to bounce back in 2022, Yeesh. which is not great. Um, uh, he does have Gabe Davis, who everybody loves. Um, yeah, trade him, got, man. Yeah, he's got Michael Thomas, Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, Mooney, uh, Jarvis Yeesh. Landry, Allen Robinson, too. Curtis Samuel. And uh, tight end is pretty much a wasteland here. Uh, I'll just read off all six names because none of them are particularly good. Will Disley, Juwan Johnson, Foster Moreau, Robert Tanyan, Adam Troutman, Max Williams. And as we said, and as he said, uh, zero picks in 2022. He does have all his 2023s. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna get into mine real quick, um, just to uh, sorry, hitting the wrong button there. Okay, I'm gonna get into mine real quick, uh, just because I think it's kind of funny. Me and Scott had the exact same trade, and Scott <laughs> ha- happened to have a second one. Um, but I, I wanted to trade Mac Jones to team a great success for TJ Hawkinson. I think and it's Rocky. I think it's a great success. <laughs> I wasn't going to do that. Okay. So, <laughs> I'll leave that to you. Uh, 
but yeah, the team has nice pieces. Uh, our team that we're looking at the trade for, but I don't think he's contending this year. Maybe if everything broke perfectly, uh, he could contend this year. So I, I'm not too worried about uh, about this year. I want. I was looking basically to try and find a you know a good value piece in wide receiver, tight end, and in the in a 2.0 tight end and premium league, I love getting a young good tight end. And yeah. TJ is for Detroit. Yeah, and he's not quite that difference maker yet that that, that like a Kelsey is or uh, Andrews was this year, but I still think he can make that jump. Andrews did it in his fourth year. Hawkinson's going into his fourth year. He, he doesn't have as good quarterbacking as Andrews did, but we'll see. Um, so I like getting Hawkinson back, uh, and he's so valuable in this league. I was looking at it, you know, just to kind of see how the, the 2.0 tenant premium played out. He would have been the uh, and points per game, even uh, with the not you know, not being the tight end one, he would have been the wide receiver seven. He would have been the RB nine. He would have been the QB 18. It's such a, I mean, you would have, and you would have been better off starting TJ Hawkinson in your super flex than you would have been Mac Jones. Cause he scored two and a half more points per game than Mac Jones did. But, exactly. but the guy he's trying EJ manual stat. So the guy he's trading him to though, he has a really nice team. Um, he's, he's, he's pretty loaded at both wide receiver and tight end. He has Pitts and Goddard. He also has some decent running backs, um, but his biggest weakness is quarterback. He is uh, Trevor Lawrence and Daniel Jones. He does have the 101, but as we talked about, I, I, I don't know if there's any quarterback. You know, Willis is, is, is Kane's 101 and a lot of people's 101. May not even start the year. So if you're trying to contend, even if you hold on to that 101, uh, it's possible you could trade that for a quarterback as well. But if you need to hold on to that one-on-one, you're not necessarily getting a, a quarterback you can start there. So, uh, And Mac Jones, I love trading Mac Jones because Mac Jones has a pretty decent amount of value. And as we sort of alluded to, it's it's mostly locked up into the fact it's security. I mean, I, I don't like, I don't like, I don't, I don't care about value that comes from security. So I don't like to pay for value that comes from security. I like to value, get value that comes from, you score points for me and make a difference on my team. Right. So, so, and I think TJ Hawkinson does that more than Mac Jones does. And I think you can get still, I think it's still possible to get a value boost at some point from TJ Hawkinson. It may not come as much as I hope in 2022, because he's still got Jared Goff, but uh, I, I, Especially the whole idea with he has the four quarterbacks. Like I said, he has Jimmy G, Mahomes, and Lance. I think are all going to start this year, plus Mac Jones. So you have the luxury of trading the the quarterback without getting one back in a super flex, um, getting a really good point scoring piece that is also young, also going to hold value. That's my trade. I know Scott likes it because he came up with the same exact trade before he saw mine on there. <laughs> so I'm curious what Kane thinks before we, and then maybe we can move on to your trade, Kane. Um, I, w- I probably wouldn't do that. <laughs> I, knew, I knew it. I knew it. I think the last time Kane was on, I didn't like my on. trade we'll either. see you later. Um, <laughs> like I, I get that getting TJ Hawkinson would be a great success, but <laughs> right. I would want to be moving some of those other quarterbacks rather than Mac Jones. That like I would be like anyone that you believe has some hype. That's why I'd be looking to move. Um, I know he has a lot of quarterbacks, which is great because I also love quarterbacks. Um, but I would be looking to move those Jimmy G's. I'd be looking to move Jordan Love, Kyle Trask, Mitch Trubisky, 
um, when when they get their time in the sun um, rather than moving off of Mac Jones and then finding out that you actually only had three quarterbacks on your roster the entire time. I, I think that's a fair point. That's a fair point for sure. I would much rather trade one of the other guys. I, I mean, just if don't just get as much for right the now, other guys. Well, right, yeah, but just wait until right they have now. their moment in the sun. Yeah, so you yeah I agree. I agree. Yes. Everyone gets yeah. sunburnt, right? They'll get their time. <laughs> sure, sure. Well, I mean, you know, the interesting thing is, though, I mean, obviously, we're looking at the same roster of who to trade away, but you have an entire league full of players, and we somehow came up with the same thing. Obviously, we both like Hawkinson, but essentially what we did was we identified the strength of the team, and we dealt from the strength to find the biggest weakness. I mean, he has essentially no one starting at tight end. Like, you're you're better off just, like, not starting one. I mean, honestly, there's not much of a difference between the guys that you have and start. I mean, what are you getting? Three points? four like four for one catch <laughs> and 10 yards if that so that's that three points um i mean and that's if you're lucky i guess so you know foster moreau i suppose when when waller was out got you a couple decent games um but you know getting a tight end that still has that upside or at least i believe he does and the thing about mac jones is the reason that i chose him specifically for right now in this time is that like Trey Lance has a far greater upside. Mitchell Trubisky, I believe, will score many more points per game, even though he may only do it for one year versus, you know, 10 for Mac, right? But again, I want the points. I want to win. Um, but Kane makes a great point. If you can just wait it out a little bit, which you can, it's it's March and this team's not going anywhere fast. So you can just, you can hang in there. Let's say next week, Mitchell Trubisky is the starting quarterback for, pick your favorite landing spot. Like he's given starter money. He's going to be the guy offer Mitch instead of, you know, Mac Jones, you know, I'm a hundred percent on board with that. I'm just not, I mean, do you think Mitch or Jimmy or Jordan love pull a Hawkinson level player at any point? No, Mitch could with the hype. No. Or if you, if you need to throw in a third or something, I I think definitely, could with the rights. What if what if uh, See, Mitch goes to the Steelers? People are like He's so gonna excited get a value about this. boost. I just don't. You I know? just don't know. I, like, especially if if someone's savvy and and realizes, and they probably do if they have him on the roster, the, the value of 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 a Hawkinson in in this premium. Like, I just I don't know. I don't. I I just don't. I Mitch is definitely gonna get boost. I just don't think he's gonna have the value that a. A Mac Jones has, and I think you need the value. We talked about it before the show, actually, that we had plugged it into a calculator, and they they kind of came out even. I think you need someone with the value of a Mac Jones to get a Hawkinson, and I don't know that they ever get that high. You can get something for them that you can't get now. I just don't. I don't know that you ever get to that level. All right, all right, I got gotcha. you. Well, okay. Um. Yeah, so, Kane, you want to give yours? Yeah, you know, I I see things much differently than most people. Um, so <laughs> really, the move, yeah, I think so. The move that I would do is I would trade Travis Etienne in a twenty twenty three second round pick for Devin Singletary in a twenty twenty three first round pick. The reason why I, I would it. do this is because uh, I think there's a solid chance that Singletary scores at least as many points as Travis Etienne does in points per game next season, provided that the uh, Bills don't draft a running back, which I doubt they would. Um, even though we love to mock running backs to the Bills. Always. 
Um, but their running like back one is Packers. Josh Allen. <laughs> yep. yep. Um, but the the issue is right. Is if I'm just looking at at this team, right? I think I think the team that we're looking at is is solid. Probably gets into the playoffs. You know, probably is the six seed, the five seed, somewhere like that in the playoffs. Midland team for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, the team that we're looking at here. And so the reason why I would make this is because you need to accrue assets, right? I think Travis Etienne has a higher chance of being a depreciating asset than an increasing asset at this point in his career. And yeah, I realized that he was hurt last season. A lot of people still love Travis Etienne. I love Travis Etienne. But the value wise of Travis Etienne, more than likely, it's probably not going to go up. Like Travis Etienne is somehow still a running back too, doing nothing for an entire season and getting hurt, right? right. Which is close to unheard of for a running yeah. back. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I would I would make this move because I think it actually sets you up for the future. And and if a few weeks into the season you're losing quite a few games, you have a lot of really really solid pieces to really. Um, start the rebuild too if that's what you choose to do yeah i i really like this one actually the i first of all um you're speaking my language because i was never a big etn guy so um but uh, but he still does hold a decent amount of and i think that's again some of that uh sort of like what we talked about trey lance is he didn't get the chance to disappoint us by by playing on that crappy jacksonville offense all year um so, and if you can pull that 23 first, I mean, I think you need somebody probably that, that was a, an ETN guy that maybe had him as the RB one or RB two yeah, coming out sure. last year. Um, but, but for sure, if, the, if, if they believe in, you know, the pass catching upside, all that, you know, Trevor Lawrence, second year, Doug Peterson, uh, I, I think you can probably, you can possibly at least pull this off. And if you can, I love, I love getting the first. And like you said, I don't think there's a massive production difference between Singletary and ETN unless they draft like Brees Hall or something, right. um, which I don't think we think is going to happen. So, and even if they do and Singletary doesn't, you know, doesn't perform for you this season, like you still have an extra 23 first. Right. And, and like those we, are worth a lot. And like you said, and like we all kind of said, I don't think any of us think he might make the playoffs. I don't think any of us think this guy's winning a title this year, barring some right. great trading over the next yeah. uh, nine months or so. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you get the 23 first. Like we said, we still has, he still has his own. So that gives him two next year. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'd be happy with just getting, uh, you know, that 23 first for, for ETN if he ends up not contending anyway. So, yeah. Uh, so Scott, you want to finish this up with the the other one you came up with? Yeah, there are um, duplicate trades for sure. And <laughs> la last last note on that, just because this is such a rare thing, in my current forty plus leagues, I have exactly zero shares of Travis Etienne. Just just so you know, and it is, I mean, there's like maybe four players that I have zero shares of. To have zero <laughs> in forty plus leagues is really hard to do. So yeah, I have, uh, I have one. That's how much I love <laughs> Travis Etienne. Um, and, and I actually really loved him in college. He was like one of my favorite <laughs> players to watch, but that's just how it goes, you know? Um, okay. So I, funny thing is that we had this same trade and I don't put my trades on until the end. 
because it, it, I put them on I right this before the, first the show. Time that's ever happened. We literally and have I don't, these exact trade. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I just don't want to be influenced by anything Same. else that I see. So I read the comments that the listener gave us, and I look at the league settings, and then I pull the link, and I go do my homework, and then I, you know, and I put it on right before the show. And I didn't even know until Rocky brought it up because I didn't look at it. I just copied and pasted. And, you know, and then Rocky's like, he stole my trade. So it's <laughs> it's pretty incredible. However, I did have an alternative because I didn't think that I honestly didn't think you could get Hawk for Mac because, I mean, I wouldn't trade Hawk for Mac if I had Hawk. So just because, I mean, Mac's like an R- replaceable RB2 to me. So I just don't don't really care. Um, anyway, I thought another alternative option here would be the team two for the money to look to trade again, whether it's Trubisky signing a contract or Jimmy G going to a good spot, or again, Mac Jones to fill in that, uh, that tight end spot to a guy that everyone hates at this point, which is Evan Ingram. And then this particular team had two firsts. So I took the later of the two firsts. And again, I don't think that you can actually pull off that trade. Um, You might be able to, or you might have to add in something to that, you know, like a 23 second or something. But to me, it'd be worth this team getting a mid first, uh, not only a starting tight end that you plug in right now, but then also you're going to get a mid first where you can get a player that you can add to your roster right away. So that's, that's just where I felt like you could improve uh, much more with trading away from your depth. When you have Patrick Mahomes, you can do a lot of things with that second quarterback spot and having all the options that he has, it just, it, it still seems like the right move to me is to trade from that strength. I, I agree. And I, I think you could pull that up. Cause like you said, everybody hates Ingram. So, yeah. I mean, and, and you could, you're probably going to get some kind of value boost um, just when he signs somewhere exactly. else. Exactly. Just getting away likely, from the Giants. You know? And where he's likely, probably wherever he signs, it's probably going to seem like he's definitely the you know incumbent starter. Jacksonville, <laughs> Cincinnati. And if he actually yeah. produces in there, you could get even another boost. Like if he, if he goes there and actually. I'm not sure I even care him. because I'd probably just trade him again if somebody goes that That's crazy. what I'm thinking. That, that was my main <laughs> you know? point that you once he signed, you could trade him right then and, and right. get more than, than you're valuing him at here. Um, but, but yeah, I like that one. I like getting the, getting the pick because like we said, I, this guy needs as many assets as he can get um, to keep building. Uh, anything to finish us off, Kane, before we end the show here? Not that I know of. I think that <laughs> wraps her up. Okay. So, so that's, yeah, that's the end of our Find Me a Trade. Um, I want to thank Kane for coming on the show tonight. I uh, had a blast talking with you. Uh, loved you getting worked up over certain uh, topics. It was it was a joy to watch. I'm and, always uh, worked up about something. <laughs> and uh, I just wanted to give you a chance to, to give everybody your Twitter handle, let them know where they can find you and all that good stuff. Yeah, you can always find me on Twitter at Debbie underscore Kane. Um, you can find me on a, f- a few different places. You can find me on the Dev- Debbie Marketplace podcast um, yeah. where we take an in-depth look at Debbie values and try to figure out what we can actually trade them for. Um, and I, th- I think that's probably the only Debbie show like it. Um, so I, th- I think it's yes. a, a unique approach to Debbie. Um, and, you know, if you're looking for another free resource, like hop in the Debbie Marketplace Discord. That's completely free. Um, has, I think we're almost hitting 500 people in there at this point. 
Um, so make sure you're hopping in there. Like it's an absolute blast. We're talking Devi, C2C, Dynasty, Redraft, uh, betting content, like just a ton of stuff. Um, and then you can you can always find someone to answer your questions and stuff there. So it's an absolute blast. So make sure you're getting in there. Um, and then I also am a co-host of the uh, Dynasty Wall Street podcast for the Dynasty Trade Calculator. Yep, and I uh, all that stuff is great. I highly recommend Devi Marketplace. Uh, even if you're not a big Devi player, it's still it's still great info to have on on future classes. And a lot of the times, you know, especially this time of year, talking a lot about this current rookie class. And, and they even do uh, you guys even do episodes sometimes where you talk very little Devi at all. You occasionally do an episode where it's a lot lot more dynasty centric, you know, yep. NFL centric. So uh, I, I just recommend everyone give that a yeah. listen. And Definitely. I mean, all, all, all the stuff you do is great, but I just, uh, I just want to make that clear. Cause I think some people see Debbie and just like, that's not for me. I, yeah. The, the next three shows are actually not about Debbie at all. Um, yep. So on the next episode that that'll be released for the Debbie marketplace, that is all about the NFL draft. So we'll do a, a nice. complete first round mock draft with explanation. Um, and then the week after that we're doing, um, we're going to, really dive into some rookies and see what the tape actually says. And the week after that, we're um, doing some dynasty content. So um, we try to mix it up as much as possible because we know that though Debbie is, is what we focus on a lot. Um, that's only a small portion of the game that we play. Yep. Right. Sure. Um, and it, sometimes even the best move you can do is just selling your Debbie pieces to people that really, <laughs> really want them and having your dynasty team be as good as possible. Right. There's multiple different ways to do it. Um, but feel free to give us a listen. It's an absolute blast. So make sure you hop on over there and, and get in the free Discord. Like, it's absolutely free. Like, it's one of those resources that's actually fully free. Yeah. Um, like, hop in. It's, it's such a good time. We have a blast. Okay. Again, thanks for coming on. I'm just going to finish up with some of our stuff here. Uh, just want to tell everybody you can follow me at Dynasty FF Addict. Follow Scott at Scott underscore Sidlow. Our third co-host who's not on tonight is Andrew. You can follow him at, at Andrew Hall FF. The show's at Dynasty Junkies. Follow at Dep underscore network. Um, what else is there? Subscribe to the Dep network so you can see us when we go live. You can see Fantasy Timeline when it goes live. Occasionally Trade Addicts goes live. Um, and uh, give us a rating and review. And uh, just it'll make us be happy so uh <laughs> scott as usual we're super long here so take us out hey hour 45 baby that's the floor <laughs> we just we just hit it let me let me get us there and we got like 10 more seconds <laughs> um hey shout out to everybody in the comments uh ridley true there i think you need to update your name bro we gotta we gotta get that fixed and i believe <laughs> you actually took ridley in the c2c uh or not or the debbie uh ckc startup we just did so sorry man that that sucks um toronto dave kyle senra everybody that's always in there some new peeps as well we love you guys thanks for checking us out thanks for the questions nurk the nurkinator the nurkmeister the nurkaleptic we appreciate your submission uh everybody keep sending us those uh the more we have you know, we could pick and choose better and, and make it easier on ourselves. So we appreciate, I'm just kidding, but just send them in, <laughs> just send them in. We'll get to them. We're actually going to do an all find me a trade show very, Couple very weeks. soon. Yep. So keep those submissions coming in. We'd love it. Uh, and for our host, Rocky, for myself and for our awesome guest, Debbie Kane, I'm Scott Sidlow. Junkies out. Yeah.